Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Well, hello, Kat. Well, hello there, Tanya. Welcome back to part two of the Eight Limbs of Yoga. Woohoo! <laughs> part two. Part two. You know, we can talk and talk and talk, can't we? We sure can. <laughs> it does feel like we've been talking a lot. I triple know. time, triple time. Absolutely. So on part one, we talked about Patanjali just a little bit. We talked yamas and asana and pranayama. So now what are we going to talk about? So the second half of the eight limbs takes us to the upper four branches, we'll say, which is number five, pratyahara. That's a big word. Mm-hmm. Which Say that three times. <laughs> pratyahara, pratyahara, pratyahara. No. So uh, translates uh, from Sanskrit to English as the removal of senses. And we will mm-hmm. come back to explain what that means. Then we have dairana, which translates as intense focus. Then we have dhyana, which translates as meditation. And we have samadhi, which translates as bliss or oneness. You know, if if you hadn't listened to the first podcast or part one of the eight limbs, what we are referring to is the upper four branches of the eight limbs where we suggest that the first four act as the roots and the upper four act as our manifestation, our abundance. And that's what we're talking about on today's episode. But those four on the upper, like how much time do we spend with them? You know, people, you know, hear the word yoga and they think so much is just asana, but they don't realize how many other parts. And if we really look at the upper four branches and we notice pratyahara, dairana, dhyana, and samadhi, they're all related to meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's actually half of the tree. Half of the eight limbs is actually meditation. And only one eighth of the tree is asana. So when people mm-hmm. think asana, when they hear the word yoga, they're actually so wrong because actually 50% of that eight limbs is all meditation. And don't be scared, people. And don't be scared. (laughs) (laughs) And don't be scared. Yeah, that's when the the good stuff happens in your life. That's when you wake up and you notice the sunrise and all the different colors of the sunrise. That's when you notice the the shimmery water on the water on the mud puddles instead of seeing the mud. That's when all the magic happens. That's when you notice your life starts to line up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this is this is the really the reason why Kat and I consistently preach about meditation. And about journaling, like this is it, right? Between Tanya Mm -hmm. always saying, meditate, friends, meditate. And Kat always saying, and then journal, friends, journal. Because it really is the bigger half of the eight limbs or the royal path of yoga. And it's because like what Kat says is it involves really coming to that place of self-discovery. It is where you learn the most about your life reactions. It's where you start to put manifestations out into the ether. It's where you begin to notice change in your attitude, where you start to rewire the neural pathways in the brain. It's where you start to change your story, where you can move from 
from victim mentality to survivor and or warrior mentality where you can change your outcome in life. There's so much that can happen on the upper half of the tree that we spend so much time thinking, well, yoga, I just don't have a yoga body, so I can't go do yoga. But you can. You really can. You simply sit down and take some time for yourself and you're doing yoga, friends. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a yoga body is one that is open to accepting and moving through it. Yep. And I love that. We all have yoga bodies. Yeah, we all do. We all do. So let's break them down. Right. So number five is Pratyahara. Pratyahara, as I said, translated as the removal of senses. So what does this mean? I tell students that the easiest way to set yourself up successfully for Pratyahara is also to set up a place where you can do meditation in a time that's going to work for you, in a space that's going to work for you. And if you have a family where they all know right now is meditation time for mom, you know, if that's what you're talking about, right? A place where you can try to literally shut off your senses. Yes. Could there still be dinner baking in the other room? A hundred percent. Could there still be kids running around that you can hear shouting in the other room? A hundred percent. Is there still the ability for you to feel your foot on the carpet as you're seated on your meditation pillow? A hundred percent, right? Like all of these things. And, you know, we make the effort. And I, I did let, see a really lovely sign today at a medical facility that said, you know, you don't have to close your eyes for meditation. You simply have to soften them. And I was like, that's a really lovely way to put it. I've said it before, but I've I've not ever just had somebody give give it as permission. Like if right. closing your eyes is scary, then simply mm-hmm. soften them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. And so, yeah, but taking taking the sense of sight out of the game and taking, you know, all of the senses. Hopefully, you're not tasting too much while you're in meditation or it's probably not a successful meditation, but the intent is that we're really trying to Take the senses out of the game so that we aren't really digesting sensory input, but instead we're really digesting what's happening internally, right? We're past the moment of sensation. And we're drawing them inward, not really to silence them, but to quiet them enough that you can see within yourself. Yeah, really to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what's happening in your Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. And we live in an era of sensory overload um, and we're constantly bombarded with messages from social media, the media, from the internet, from our stressed out friends that call us up, um, from our kids that have, you know, their latest, you know, bunch of issues. And Pratyahara encourages us to let go of all those distractions and it gives us the freedom to not take it all in. And so some of the things that you can do if you want to try to see if this, see if you can incorporate this in your life is reducing social media just to 15 to 30 minutes a day. You can ask everyone in your family to turn off and put their cell phones away during uh, family meals. So you can include the whole family in this. You can leave your phone at home when you exercise or do yoga. We encourage people to not bring their phones to the mat because we it got out of control for a while. So they're not allowed in the studio now. You can limit TV time to one hour a day and spend more time with yourself in, in peace and quiet. And then um, you can also try meditating for 20 minutes a day. Yeah, it really is about lining up sort of your mindfulness with your practice of quieting on the mat and preparing mm-hmm. yourself for the next three limbs. 
Right. That gives us freedom to not be tied to our electronic devices and gives us the freedom to get more tied to ourselves and to what's within us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So like when we're talking about Pratyahara, then the second, well, in this case, the six of the eight limbs is Dairana. And Dairana translates as intense focus. And this is this is a sticking point for some meditators, especially young new meditators, is they're like, well, I thought I had to clear my mind on the mat. We really don't ask for that when we're talking about meditation. Sometimes it's easier to give the mind something to chew on and make it something that's intentional. Maybe it's an intention that you want to just repeat over and over again, like a mudra, maybe it or a mantra, or maybe it is focusing on your breath, or maybe it's actually focusing and and I know Kat and I have talked about this in our meditation podcast, is focusing on the thoughts that come up and just observing them mm-hmm. and being okay with saying, oh, that's an interesting thought for right now, not being attached to the thought and letting it pass and see what comes up again. So sometimes it's easier to focus on something, anything, than it is to try and clear the mind. Just sit with the thoughts that do come up. What are some of the things I know for me in with people in class, I usually will have them either focus on their breath, focus on an affirmation. If we're working on affirmations on a, on a flame of a candle, what are some other things that we can have them do? Yeah, so 100%. I love the flame, what we call candle gazing. And there's also a practice called Trataka. If you've never done Trataka, give me a call because I love to teach Trataka. It's a great, it's a great practice. And if, if you've been in my 200-hour teacher training, I've already taught it to you. If you haven't, it's something that you should try. It is really a lovely practice in really intense focus, but it's intense focus with a purpose. And it's it's a guided meditation practice that really does involve your eyes. So it's not removal of the senses in that case, because gazing at the candle is actually seeing, even though you try to look past what you're seeing. It's really, it's really a lovely practice but it does, it changes your outlook. I have only done that one time and that's when I took my 300 hour from you. Yeah. So I think we need to do it again. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So then we talk about the seventh of our eight limbs, which is Diana. And this is uh, one of the limbs that people are confused by because this is meditation. It translates as meditation. And now everybody's going to say, well, we were just talking about meditation in six and we were talking about meditation and five. So why is it meditation doesn't come until seven? But there's in the sutras, the description of dhyana, which is the seventh of the limbs, is meditation that happens to you. So in the sutras, it says that you sit down in number five and remove the senses. And in number six, work for intense focus. And when you do, sometimes you notice you disappear on the mat. So sometimes like you're in meditation and you're like, whoa, like I just I just went somewhere where'd I go like right (laughs) and the minute you think about it of course it's gone again but it's that time where you slip into this space of of nothingness maybe it feels like you might have fallen asleep or it feels like you're about to tip over in your meditation or you know wherever it takes you in that place that's actually what the 
seventh limb is referring to is that piece where you meditate, but it's not anymore the removal of the senses and the trying to focus, but it's what happens to you when you actually get there. It's that place of sort of disappearing. It's that act of of being meditated, like, right? Mm -hmm. It is a fantastic phenomena. And I, I always think it's fun to teach new students meditation because the minute they have that feeling, then they think about having that feeling. And of course, they come right back into their (laughs) mind and they've lost (laughs) it. And, you know, it eludes them. But it's always in my I always joke with myself, chase the meditation, Mm -hmm. like do the work, but chase the meditation. So if if you lose it, don't get mad and come out like just try and find it again. Just keep Mm -hmm. chasing it. It's like the carrot that dangles in front of you, like just keep trying to reach out for it because the more you sit and reach for it, the sooner it comes and the longer it lasts. And for artists and athletes, it's kind of like when you're in the zone, it's that same kind of feeling when you're kind of everything is just flowing, right? You know, when you're like, so creatives, I think whenever you sit down and you start writing or like when you were journaling that day after reading your book, you were so in the zone, it was almost a meditative presence for you. Yeah, it's the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. It's the sweet spot. It's an awareness without judgment or attachment. It's peaceful and meditative. And it is just, it's wonderful. It is, and I think when people finally get to that place, it's just, ah. Ah, yeah, it's so lovely, right? Mm-hmm. It's so lovely. And so then that, of course, takes us to the eighth limb. And the eighth limb is samadhi. Samadhi is translated as bliss, as oneness. Samadhi is probably the equivalent to nirvana or any other really elevated state. Samadhi is sometimes described as that really elusive, joyful feeling. And I've, I've described this to my new students, like when they get to that place where they feel like, whoa, I just disappeared. It's that really giddy feeling that you get when you're like, oh my gosh, I meditated. Like I did it, right? Like that's that piece. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's also the piece that we got attached to that emotion and we wanted to feel that joy. And then that's when it all fell apart again, right? Yeah. But it's that oneness of no longer needing to know anything, like, right? Like we spend so much time in our meditation trying to know ourselves. And it's when we get to that place of samadhi that the questions, they stop coming because the answers are already right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's so lovely. It's a lovely place. But yeah, can you stay? there forever? No, you have real life to attend to. If you stay there forever, you're something like Buddha sitting under a tree and that's not sustainable. (laughs) And although it's a lovely concept, not sustainable in real life, but Um, you know, in our last episode, the first, when we talked about the first four lens, I was referring to this Chopra article that I had read and I love what they said about Samadhi. And they said, although Samadhi is the goal, the practice of yoga is not linear. It's circular and ongoing. Our practices may change and evolve, but we are always practicing. That's why we call it a yoga practice, not a yoga perfect. One way to experience samadhi is through the yamas, which are the ethical principles that clarify our relationship to the world. The yamas encourage us to be kind, honest, and generous. And by practically, we begin to realize our interconnectedness with our planet and all beings. And the illusion of separateness has fallen away and we see clearly that every action that we take matters. And I think that 
that kind of brings it all the way back around to the yamas. And I, I love that visual. I do love that too, because it kind of goes back to that whole, the tree of life where mm-hmm. I was talking about like the apple core. And then that just totally brings that circle around that perfect tree of life, mm-hmm. which is ultimately the I- image that they're trying to present when they talk about the eight limbs, right? And it, it, it is a fantastic image because in our own lives, regardless of the success of our lives, we are born, we go through this whole like circle of life, right? And when we get to the end of our life, we want to be able to feel pure enough in our relationships that makes our passing easier, that we become as pure as we were when we were born, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just this really lovely circle of life. It is really fantastic. So it is fun to talk about the second half of the eight limbs. It's one of my favorite because you know how I love to harp on meditation and and the likes. I really do love this upper half of the tree because it is such a powerful piece in, you know, making those life changes in, in your world, in your family, in your life balance, in your work. And, you know, this is where self-discovery happens. This is where manifest stations happen, like where Kat says, this is where creativity comes from. This is where, you know, I want to start a business comes from, or, you know, I want to own a yoga studio and Kat and I'll tell you, maybe not, but yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, right. These are, this is where, where the good stuff happens. And so giving space for that is really important. We can't just not, right. Because if we just are only living in the lower half of our body, we're not manifesting. We're not making changes. We're not getting anywhere. We're stuck. Mm -hmm. We're stuck in the rut. We're stuck in the rut. Yeah. It's a very important piece to it. So I do love talking about, and just to recap, the upper four limbs of the eight limbs of yoga are the pratyahara, which is the removal of senses, preparing ourselves for meditation. Then we have the sixth limb, which is dairana, which is that intense focus, whether it's on an intention or like candle gazing as Kat suggested. And then we move into that gift of dhyana, which is when the meditation happens to us, this this beautiful escape from what's happening right here and right now. And then we move into samadhi, which is the eighth of the limbs, the eight of eight limbs. It's that blissful place, that oneness with creation, divine, your divinity, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it. But it's that really, that really lovely place of contentment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I do too. I love talking about the eight limbs of yoga. Yeah, I learn something new every time I do research on it. I love something new every time I listen to you talk about it. I just thoroughly enjoy it. I do too. It's it's something that, you know, we hold dearly. Like this is what we built our studios out of was these eight limbs. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I think our students love it too. I think they do too. Start talking about this stuff. Yeah. The philosophy that stands behind all of the changes they're feeling in their bodies and in their minds. Mm-hmm. I love it. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.